Welcome to a new episode of Good People Talk, the podcast of the Good People Fund. This is where Good People Fund supported changemakers talk about their visions, paths, and impact, uplifting lives and communities in the U.S., Israel, and elsewhere around the world. Our guest is Michelle Suazo, VP of You Empower of Maryland and Executive Director of You Empower's The Food Project. The Food Project empowers street-connected, at-risk youth in poverty-afflicted Southwest Baltimore through social enterprise and community service to great and dramatic effect. For more information, visit goodpeoplefund.org or youempowerofmaryland.org. See the show notes for correct and live hyperlinks. In the meantime, here's Michelle in conversation with GPF Executive Director Naomi Eisenberger. I would love if we could start a little bit with your just sharing what you empower of MD is actually what it stands for and what the Fruit Project is all about. Thank you so much for having me here, Naomi. I just want to say real quickly, I'm so appreciative of all the support that the Good People Fund has given us. About eight years ago, uh, we started You Empower of Maryland. The name says exactly what we wanted to do was to show people that they had the power within themselves to make a difference. Baltimore was really suffering. So uh, we ended up in a neighborhood where people were needing just very basic things in order to get to the next level. We wanted to be able to give people hope that they could make that difference themselves. Tell us a little bit about where you're located, because I do think that that's such an integral part of what makes your work so important. So we're located in Southwest Baltimore in zip code 21223, which is actually not only the poorest zip code in Baltimore, but the poorest zip code in Maryland. The community is plagued by high unemployment, low rates of high school completion, very high in crime. There's so many people addicted to drugs. There's a lot of prostitution. There are just huge barriers for the residents to be able to to get to the next level of being able to have a job and support themselves. I think 42% of the children in the community live in poverty, like one fourth of the buildings around us are vacant. So it's just not a safe place at all. We ended up in this neighborhood doing street outreach and we could feed 150 people out of the back of a truck 10 o'clock at night. It always took me back how many children were coming out on a school night and you could hear gunfire going off at a distance. They'd come out by themselves to get food. We were lucky enough that when a school in the center of this community shut down, that the city gave us a kitchen and cafeteria in the surplus school to be able to start our program called the Food Project. And really here we seek to provide direct support to Southwest Baltimore through not only food access, but also classes, job training, and mentorship. Every year, the need has been growing. We have the community involvement and COVID hit. And I think that 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 was the biggest challenge. We were having probably 60 kids 
come through in an afternoon. Uh, we were giving dinners and classes. And when COVID hit, we had to shut all of that down. The big problem there is that we had always hired the teenagers to help us run everything. So those teens ended up back on the streets. And I believe that first year in COVID, two, two of our kids were shot. Anyhow, we switched gears and we started preparing meals to feed the communities. We've been doing about 520 meals a week that get delivered to people that are vulnerable in the community. And we've been doing pop-up markets where we give out fresh produce and other supplies twice a week. And we've been able to, to keep those kids employed. So we're so thankful. Have you been able to track those kids who have been part of the program from the earliest days? You know, believe it or not, some of the initial kids really, they've stepped up to be our youth leaders. They're actually working to develop their business ideas here and then also helping to foster their uh, creative business ideas. I guess just in August, one of our kids was murdered. And at that point, we had an influx of additional kids come in. I now have 44 youth that I'm rotating through jobs and not just here at the food project, but the Orioles stepped forward and allowed us to have a concession stand. So we work during the day here, feeding the community. And then we rotate other kids through the concession stand at the Orioles stadium. And again, if I have 44 kids that I'm <laughs> rotating through and, and right now we're actually partnering with a workforce development group that's coming in to help kids transition into a warehouse job. We have a van that's going to be transporting them to a full-time job with benefits. That's just really exciting. Anybody that I'm keeping busy is not on the street right now. So that makes me feel really good. Make, makes me feel like all the hard work is worth it. I'm sure there are days when you wonder whether what you're doing is really making a difference. So those kids who are becoming gainfully employed or developing their own products, I'm sure provide you with a lot of, a lot of hope. When I was down there and went into the kitchen, I, I remember seeing these bags of what you call seedy nutty, which is an incredible healthy nut mix. Who would have thought being here in Southwest Baltimore that we could build a product out of the kitchen, get it FDA certified and build a brand that's now sold in Whole Foods <laughs> and other stores around Maryland. It's very exciting and, it, and it's been exciting for the kids to be a part of this process. So when we came into the kitchen originally, I was trying to look for a sustainable solution and just like an additional way to create jobs. And I had sort of put it out there on social media, you know, that I had, you know, additional kids to hire. So there was a, a really wonderful lady, uh, Roseanne Skirbel from, from outside of DC that had brought this recipe back from Jerusalem. She was making a snack made with seeds and nuts. It was something that, that was on her family table when she would go back to visit family in Israel. She was selling it at the uh, farmer's markets. It was taking off and she was ready to retire. So she saw my story and the story of the kids in the community. And she came here and taught us how to make it and gifted us the recipe. Wow. 
and since then the the kids have been a part of uh, rebranding it, making the product, helping to sell the product and market it. That's been a, a wonderful experience for them. And I, I remember the first time going to uh, Under Armour actually had it on their shelves. Um, they were testing out food for a little bit and we took the kids there and for them to walk into that store and see the product that they made on the shelves, right. they were like, this is real. And I was like, yes, <laughs> this is real. You, you guys can do anything. So that's the whole purpose that, you know, of, of yeah. you and power of Maryland is to let them know they, they had it all along, you know, it's yeah. a matter of having the right tools needed to succeed. Well, it's a great story, and I'm particularly taken by the fact that it all started in Israel. Right, from Israel to Southwest Baltimore. From Israel to Southwest Baltimore. Um, What other products have they produced? So the kids have come up with a line of drinks. They have a secret ingredient, and I can't can't tell you what it is, but it's absolutely genius. I would equate it to sort of like a power aid, so it's refreshing and not too sweet. But what it does, it changes flavor as you're drinking it. Oh, um, and so they they have one called the Angry Grape, <laughs> one called Money Juice, and um, anyhow, that you know they're just being creative with it. One of our young men, we helped him with his vending machine idea, so we we gifted him a vending machine. So now the kids sell their drinks in the vending machine. Wow, how many other little programs or projects? like that are out there waiting to happen. They've got a lot of ideas. We have three of the kids have clothing lines. So believe it or not, the pastors across the street have Mm -hmm. been helping us deliver food. And the relationship has grown to the point where the, the church is now offering the kids space to build their brands out of across the street and to have a pop-up restaurant across the street. Wow. So the kids are calling it the grind. The term grind comes from the street and the young man that was killed, he always said he was born to grind. So the kids are carrying that forward for Mm -hmm. him, but the grind will be the flavor of Southwest Baltimore from food to, you know, to, clothing or and style. So anyhow, it's just, it's been fun to watch this all come together. I think the kids are about ready to turn Southwest Baltimore on its head because, you know, the way that they're planning this here, you're going to walk into the space and it's not just going to be any regular restaurant or store. You're going to walk in and feel inspired. So the, the kids now all have their mottos or quotes of what they feel you need in order to succeed. When you walk in, you're going to feel like there's nothing you can't accomplish. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so proud of them and excited to see this open. And now mind you all, we're still, we're still feeding the community, which I have found has been empowering for the kids as mm-hmm. well, because they have a sense of giving back. They have a sense yes. of purpose. So that's been really wonderful. And now for the community to see them shine, it's going to be really lovely, you know, for community members to see kids that used to be on the corner that they Mm. might've been scared of all of a sudden now they're preparing a meal and bringing it to them. 
really changes the narrative, which really needed to happen. And I think all along the, the kids would have been doing something different if those options were there. I think the model is is fabulous. And I would love for you to share with our listeners the fact that everything that you accomplish is done not only in a really lean way, but that so many of the people who are helping you are volunteers. Oh my, what I there's so much I wouldn't be able to do without all our volunteers and even the educational part. I mean, we've had a colonel from the Air Force volunteering now for a year and a half to bring community-based education. And really with COVID going on, it's been primarily focused on the youth that are working here. I have another wonderful lady that she's, she's in charge of family relief. She knows who needs diapers and, you know, extra food and mattresses and will help, you know, when families move into a home, we'll help with housing and, but she'll help coordinate the furniture and clothing and other things that they need. So I feel very blessed, you know, with, with all those that, that have been helping and, you know, and it, that, that's one of those things I turn around like, oh my gosh, the, the pantry, all of a sudden it looked like there was nothing there. And then somehow people come together and it's full again. There's somebody else on your staff, a farmer, right? Oh, Farmer Nell. Yes. Farmer Nell. Yes. Tell me, tell us about Uh, Farmer Nell. He, I mean, he's an urban farmer and he's a wealth of knowledge. He knows everything about plants and nutrition. And he runs a class called Be More Green. Since COVID, it's been on Instagram live and he does that once a week. But really it's almost like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. He takes you through the neighborhood and explores, you know, what can be done and what's growing out there and how you can cook it and eat it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's wonderful. What has the pandemic done to your program? I'm thankful that when COVID hit, that we were small enough to be flexible because we really did need to sort of stop and switch gears Mm -hmm. and make sure that we were still accomplishing our mission, you know, which was to feed the community and hire the youth and really help people to get up and out. By being able to switch to meal preparation, we were able to still keep in touch with our families that we knew were insecure. So prior to COVID, the kids were coming in and then the families would come in and eat in the evening after classes. And that that was our way to stay in touch with who might've been sleeping in an abandoned building, who might've needed a little extra help here or there. But now we're driving to their house or to the back shed. I mean, we have people where we are going to abandoned buildings to bring the food. We know who doesn't have a stovetop is heating things up on a burner or has no way to heat things up. In some respect, it's allowed us to stay more connected. And also it's helped us to focus more on the teenagers because it's really the older kids that are allowed to be able to work here during this time. So we, we don't have the younger kids the way that we used to. It's it, So mm-hmm. it, we're focused on the 14 to 24 year olds. Those are the ones that I always felt were more at risk anyhow, because they're the ones that are sort of struggling to take care of themselves who whose mother might be using the food stamps for something else. So then they're led to risky 
behavior in order to, to help take care of themselves. We're making sure they've got the transportation that they need, the mm-hmm. food and clothing they need, but also the mental health that they need. We have like almost all of our kids are in therapy. That's been a, a real blessing. So many of them have experienced trauma. I see this work experience as a stepping stone. They might not know how to handle their emotions. They might not have, they, they haven't gotten to that level yet to know when you should and shouldn't act a certain way. So this gives us a wonderful opportunity to help help them get through that and give them the soft skills that they need in order to go to the next step. As a white woman in the middle of Southwest Baltimore, in a program that is really touching probably exclusively people of color, how's it work? (laughs) Well, first of all, I will tell you this, because I've been here for eight years. The kids have never, and the families have never had an issue with color. If anything, it's been from the outside that people have felt Mm -hmm. as as a white woman, I shouldn't be here because I can't relate. But at the end of the day, they don't know my personal story. They don't know that my father suffered addiction and that I had to try to save him from a drug house my stepmother was a prostitute and, and my, my sister was born addicted to crack, you know, so I actually have more in common with the kids than people would know. At the end of the day, the kids always tell me people come and go. What matters to them is who's here every day. And so it's not about color. That's very, very powerful. Tell us a little bit about what Michelle did before she, before she went into Southwest Baltimore. I studied art at Maryland Institute of Art, and I ended up as creative director for Gray Advertising in New York City. I was doing work for Donna Karen, Revlon, Goldman Sachs. Anyhow, I ended up coming back to Baltimore, and I was like, what happened here? It was like everybody lost their get up and go, their their hustle, their drive, you know, all of that that you see in New York City. So it was never my intention to start a nonprofit, but Mm. I just felt so compelled that there was a solution. I was frustrated and not seeing the solution out there. So I decided to just, you know, I, I found a wonderful partner, Tommy Kukulis, who owned restaurants, who wanted to do something but he just, he didn't know what to do. So we partnered together. So it, it, the fact that we're solving solutions, you know, with food at the base really is wonderful. And the fact that we're now getting ready to open up a pop-up restaurant across the street when he's, he owns three restaurants. So this, this has been a lot of fun for him to, to use his talents and then for me to use my talents with design and branding, you know, with the kids. It really allows us to combine our passions together and, you know, with a good purpose. I will say this, at the end of the day, the community is always here for the food mm. project. Where we need to, the community rolls up their sleeves. This is something that's really helping them. I feel very lucky that way. For us, the food project is an incredible investment. I know that you are reaching kids who are pretty much forgotten and making it possible for them to perhaps end that cycle that they've been in and that their parents were in. That's kind of what it's all about. 
I want to thank you for your giving us some of your very precious time and for the great work that you're doing. Thank you. And like I said before, thank you so much for your support. You're a really good investment. So again, thank you. Thank you.